I love the way that that uh, video spoke of the power of generational blessing. The way that one generation will tell another generation and another generation of all the greatness of God. Amen? Well, good morning. Some of you wondered how we made it down from Fort Wayne. It was really clear. We did really well until we got right outside Bern. And then it was an interesting thing with the windblown things uh, kind of made it a little bit dicey, but we made it. We're so grateful for that. I'm so grateful for you who made it as well. This morning is part two of our scheduled three-rounder. And so I'm going to ask you once more to open your Bibles, if you will, to the book of Joshua. Uh, The book of Joshua. We're going to be looking this morning at chapter 14, which really ties in nicely with, uh, with the video you just saw. Joshua 14. In a moment, we're going to be looking at verses 6 to 14. But I want to begin by giving you an opportunity. This is an interactive moment. So whether you've got a writing utensil or you're simply going to use your mind, I've got 25 points that I want to ask of you. And here's the, here's the assignment. I want to give you, ask you, give yourself a point for every one of these things that you remember personally. Are you game for that? Here we go, number one, blackjack chewing gum. If you remember that, uh, give yourself an extra point if you actually ate blackjack chewing gum, all right? There's one. Number two, wax Coke-shaped bottles with colored sugar water. Again, keep track. Number three, candy cigarettes. Number four, soda pop machines that dispensed bottles. Five, black and white television. Number six, home milk delivery in glass bottles. Seven, party lines. Don't think political, think telephone. (laughs) Party lines. You remember party lines? All right. Number eight, newsreels before the movie. Number nine, school desks with inkwells. Extra point if you remember dipping your fountain pen into the inkwell and practicing something that's a lost art, cursive handwriting, right? Next one, one of my favorites, coonskin hats. Born of Davy Crockett fame, coonskin hats. Number 11, telephone numbers with the word prefix like Kenmore or Harrison. Do you remember phone numbers that had a word prefix? Hula hoops, number 12. 13, summer drinks out of the neighbor's garden hose. 14, 45 RPM records. Extra point if you remember 33 RPM records. All right. Number 15, SNH green stamps. 16, saddle shoes. Number 17, metal ice cube trays with levers. Number 18, sock hops, blue flash bulbs, Annette Funicello and Frankie Avalon. (laughs) Number 21, roller skate keys. 22, cork pop guns. 23, Dizzy Dean. 24 Studebakers, and 25 The Original Little Rascals. Add up your points. All right, 
You ready? Show of hands. How many only remembered zero to five? Yeah, you youngsters out there. Uh-huh. Zero to five. That's the best you could do. Okay. How many remember six to ten? You're moving on. You're moving on. How many of you remember 11 to 15? Don't look now, but you're getting older. All right. How many of you remember 16 to 25? Be careful lighting the candles in your birthday cake. How many of you, like me, because I made up the list, remember all 25? Yeah, we're older than dirt, okay? Yeah, yeah. Isn't it interesting as you look at this thing? Um, for you who ended up tallying big numbers, this talk this morning is especially for you. But for those of you who are on the other end of the spectrum, I want you to listen because before you know it, you will join our ranks. You will join our ranks. Have you found Joshua 14? Verses 16 to 14 in your Bibles, on your phones, or on the slides. Follow along, please. Now, the people of Judah approached Joshua at Gilgal. Remember last week, this is his base camp. Joshua's base camp was Gilgal. And Caleb, son of Jephunneh the Kenizzite, said to him, You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God at Kadesh Barnea, about you and me. I was 40 years old when Moses, the son of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land. And I brought him back a report according to my convictions. But my fellow Israelites who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt in fear. I, however, followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. So on that day, Moses swore to me, the land in which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever because you have followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. Now then, just as the Lord promised, he's kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to Moses, while Israel moved about in the wilderness. So here I am today, 85 years old. I'm still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now give me the hill country that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard then that the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified, but the Lord helping me, I will drive them out just as he said. Then Joshua blessed Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and gave him Hebron as his inheritance. So Hebron has belonged to Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, ever since because he followed the Lord, the God of Israel, wholeheartedly. At first blush, this simply appears to be another one of multiple senior leaders in Joshua's armor who's now asking for his inheritance in the promised land. But digging a little deeper and looking back to history, we recognize that Caleb is not just one of the regular leaders. He's a unique one. He's unique not only among the people, but in his friendship with Joshua. The story of Caleb, many of you may know, it goes back 45 years earlier. Do you remember the time when the Israelites were preparing to go into the promised land? This is uncharted territory, and Moses sent out 12 spies. Remember the story? He sent out 12 spies, and he said, 
spy out the land, take a look at the cities, bring us back some of the produce. One spy from each tribe. Out they went. The men spent 40 days in Canaan. They came back with the luscious fruit, the great produce, and their eyes were as big as saucers because of what they'd seen in the land. The spies returned and said, you see by way of the screen, we went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here's the fruit. But the people who live there are powerful, and their cities are fortified and very large. We even saw the descendants of Anak there. We can't attack it. They're stronger than we are. As a result of this report, the people's hearts melted. Their faith fled. And they realized, it's too big for us. We can't do it. We can't step into the land. Not all 12 of the spies, though, gave this report. The minority, Joshua and Caleb, differed. And they said this, we, um, and they said this, Numbers 1330, Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. The majority report, however, prevailed. The people refused, and God's judgment fell. As a result, they were sentenced, you remember, to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. 40 years until that unbelieving generation died off. Then Moses, along with, with Joshua and Caleb, stepped up toward Canaan with the children of that faithless generation. This is the history of Caleb. One thing that's critical in the report of the spies we find in Joshua 14 as he spoke about this in Numbers 13, it says this, we even saw the descendants of Anak there, the people of great size. We seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes and we look the same to them. So who were the descendants of Anak? You ever wonder that? Who were they? Well, the descendants of Anak came from a people group called the Nephilim. The Nephilim. The Nephilim were a race of people who had gigantic size. The Nephilim, the sons of Anak, were giants. You might remember Goliath. Goliath, who David years later slew. Goliath was of the lineage of the Nephilim. So it's no wonder that when the spies saw the walled cities and the big boys, they said, can't do it. We can't do it. They're too much for us. Fast forward 45 years. Caleb is now 85 years old. He not only survived the 40-year trek through the wilderness, he survived 45 years or years of battle up the east side of the Jordan, crossing over, taking down all the, all the promised land cities. Here he is. Here he is. And having laid this groundwork, Caleb now makes his request. 
Again, verse 10, you can see in your text. Now then, just as the Lord promised, he's kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to Moses while Israel moved about in the wilderness. So here I am today, 85 years old. He's getting up there, 85 years old. Now, again, make sure you look at the human factor here. Do you think he was a little bit tired? He's been at this, fighting, after wandering, fighting for 45 years. What could he have said? What might he have said? He could have said this, I'm 85 years old, and the Lord promised me land to settle on. So Josh, my friend, could you please send some younger bucks up there to take my land? Make sure that the pool is clean and the iced tea is cool. I'll be sitting here in my lazy boy while they take my land. After all, I've done my bit. I've done my job. Let the younger folks do the fighting. I'm done. You might have expected him to say that, but he doesn't. doesn't. Instead, he says, verse 12, give me that hill country. The Lord promised me that today. You yourself heard then that the Anakites were there. Their cities were large and fortified, but the Lord helping me, I'll drive them out, just as he said. That's an amazing thing. So what do we learn from this story? i got two observations for you this morning. Here's the first you see by way of the screen. We're never done till God takes us home. Friends, I believe that as long as God gives us breath, there is something he wants us to do as it relates to extending his kingdom. No matter how old you are, you're never done till God says so. You're never done till God takes you home. Billy Graham is one of my heroes. It's hard to believe it was just a year ago in February that he passed away. 99 years old. Did some research on this amazing man. He held more than 400 crusades in 185 countries and territories across six continents. Billy Graham spoke to more than 215 million people. Dying at 99, he was still actively preaching at the age of 96. When I grow up, I want to be like Billy Graham. I want to still be preaching when I'm 96. I may do it from a rocking chair, and I may do it with a quivering voice, but I tell you what, friends, I never want to stop serving the one who gave his life for me. And I never want to retire from making a kingdom difference. I'm not done yet. I'll be 68 in March. After 36 years of fellowship, Gwen and I are rolling up our sleeves and starting a new ministry of coaching and mentoring pastors. Why? Because I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. How about you? How about you? To you, my fellow seniors, you may not be a preacher, but what are your gifts? You may not have the pulpit as a platform, but where can you serve? 
Your voice might not be in front of a congregation, but where can your voice be heard? You're not done till God takes you home. There's a reason why you're still breathing. There's a reason why you're still here. Find it. Leverage it. Use it. And expand the kingdom because of it. I don't know what it is. You may have to pace yourself a bit. Naps are becoming increasingly my friend. But I find myself having a strange kind of fire in my soul. And I sense that God is saying to me, Dave, you're not done yet. And neither are you. Neither are you. Second observation. God has been preparing you for today's task your whole life long. In many ways, Caleb was the perfect person to take that mountain. Why? He had the most experience. He'd fought the most battles. He'd been 45 years of trusting God. And here's what you need to know. You have a leverage point born of your age. You have experience. You have perspective. You have skills. You have wisdom. Here's my word to you, brothers and sisters. Use it. Use it. Don't let it die. Don't let it wither. Take advantage of the platform you've been given. There are so many who need your wisdom. There are so many who are desperate for your skills. God has been preparing you for this task your whole life long. Who knows, what would it be like if you would say, my last years were my best years. My last years were my best years. Well, you might be wondering how the battle turned out. Here's this 85-year-old taken on the mountain. Next chapter, chapter 15, verses 13 and 14. In accordance with the Lord's command to him, Joshua gave to Caleb, son of Jephunneh, a portion in Judah, Kiriath Arba, that is Hebron. Arba was the ancestor of Anak. There's that giant word again. From Hebron, Caleb drove out the three Anakites. Oh, there were three giants, not one. There were three giants in his territory. Here are the names. Shishai, Ahiman, Talmai, the sons of Anak. From there he marched against the people living in Debir, formerly called Kirithus Saphir. What's it say? He took his mountain. He slew his giants. He extended the kingdom. It's a great story. All that mattered to Caleb was that he was not done yet. There was still kingdom territory to be taken, and he could have a part in that. So I ask, how about you, my fellow seniors? Is there a Caleb spirit inside of you? You may be a little bit slower on your feet, you may be a little bit more weary at times, but can a Caleb spirit inside of you say, I'm not done yet. There's a place for me.
there's a role for me. There's a mountain for me. And I'm going to take advantage of it. <laughs> Came across a cute little poem that kind of motivates me. I thought I'd share with this with you as we get ready to wrap this thing up. How do I know my youth is all spent? My get up and go has got up and went. But in spite of it all, I'm able to grin and think of the places my get up has been. Old age is golden, or so I've heard said, but sometimes I wonder as I crawl into bed with my ears in a drawer, my teeth in a cup, my eyes on the table until I wake up. When I was young, my slippers were red. I could kick up my heels right over my head. When I was older, my slippers were blue, but still I could dance the whole night through. Now I am older. My slippers are black. I huff to the store and puff my way back. But never you laugh. I don't mind at all. I'd rather be huffing than not puff at all. I get up each morning and dust off my wits, open the paper and read the obits. If I'm not there, I know I'm not dead. So I eat a good breakfast and face the day ahead. How do I know my youth is all spent? My get up and go has got up and went, but in spite of it all, I'm able to grin and think of the places my get up has been. We who were 60 and above, our get up's been a lot of places, hadn't it? There are still a lot more places for your get up to go. There are mountains to take. There are giants to slay. There's a kingdom to expand. And there's a younger generation to inspire. Love the words of the psalmist who captured that. Even when I'm old and gray, do not forsake me, my God, till I declare your power to the next generation your mighty acts to all who are yet to come. May those words be your personal rallying cry as you step not only into 2019, but into all the days that God has left for you. So now I'm going to ask us to do something. You who are 60 or above, you need to know something. You matter. We are so grateful for the legacy that you have left, First Missionary. We are so grateful that we can build into our 126th year upon what you have offered. But we who are younger, I'm not one of them, but others are. We who are younger would say, you're not done yet. We need the wisdom that you can offer. We need the perspective that you have. We need the skills that you possess. Teach us, show us, help us. Make the most of the days you have left for the kingdom. Toward that end, I'm gonna ask everybody who is 60 years of age or older to stand. Would you do that? Can you do that? <laughs> A little bit of self-identification and my wife's up in the front row, so I'm <laughs> sorry, hon. All right? Now, to you who are less than 60, I want you to look around. 
There's some balcony up there too. To you who are less, here's what I'd like you to do. And you younger ones, you're going to move right about now. I want you, and there's a big group right back over here. I'd like you who are less than 60 to get up out of your seat and go and lay a hand on at least one, if not two people's shoulders. Go ahead. Try to make your way to the back. Take a look. That's great. That's great. Let's pray. And so, Father, now, we lay our hands upon these brothers and sisters. Typically, we lay our hands upon the youngsters who are being ordained, who are being set aside to lead. But now, we lay our hands upon these men and women who've taught us so much, who've sacrificed so much, and yet who have so much more to give. We respect them. We honor them. And oh, how we need them. May they never doubt for a moment there's a place for you in the ranks of kingdom difference makers. And there's a place for you at First Missionary Church. We bless you. We pray for you. We thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.